We have been having so much fun with our WAVE series, and I gotta tell you, it is nothing like I expected it to be. So at the beginning of this series, I got a piece of paper out, and I wrote down all six weeks of messages. I'm like, this is such a great plan. It's gonna be amazing. And none of the weeks have been like my plan. <laughs> because God's plan is better than my plan. Come on. And I'm excited. I think through this series, he's teaching us a foundation for our faith and for the new things that he's doing. If we haven't met before, my name is Ashley, and I'm the lead pastor here. And I have two children, uh, Sophie, she's seven, and Ryder, he is four. And my kids are so sweet. Um, like your kids, they, they, they ask for a lot of things. Um, generally, they ask for things at inopportune times like when I'm cutting up chicken for dinner and my hands are like all bloody, you know, mom, could you tape this for me? Mom, can you help me find my dino in my room? Like, ah, uh, yes, I, I'm busy at the moment though. Mom, 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 we need you, we need you, we need you. They ask for lots of things. They come to me when they're hurting, which I love. Uh, this week my son was playing on a merry-go-round over at the park that's near the church and there's like a moat of mud around it. I said, don't, don't fall in the mud. He's like, I won't. <laughs> Minutes later, he's laid out flat on his tummy in the mud puddle. He comes to me crying. Mom, I got mud on me. My kids come to me when they're hurting, and I love to clean them up and help them out. Come on. They come to me when they're thankful. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did this fun day where we went to several parks, and we went to get ice cream and Chinese food. And they're like, that was the best day ever. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mommy. We love you. And my favorite thing is when they say, I love you, Mom. And if you're not a parent, maybe you're an aunt or uncle or a babysitter, and you've had kids come up to you before and just unprompted say, I love you. In fact, right now we have a clip of my son when he first learned to talk. Let's check it out. All the time. I love you. I love you. I love you all the time. I love you. And I think in that clip he was actually trying to stall his bedtime and that's why he was saying it. But it's so sweet when they're just like, I love you. Not because of what you do, just because of who you are, because I love you. It's sometimes it's not even that they say I love you. Sometimes it's just they crawl up on the couch and sit next to me, and they just want to spend time with me. They just want to cuddle. They just want to be with me. I treasure those moments. Do you know that God loves when we relate to him that way too? When we're like, God, I love you. I love you all the time. He wants us to come to him when we need stuff, yeah. When we're hurting, of course. He wants us to thank him, but he really loves it when we just love him. Come on. Today's message is called prayer, and prayer is just talking to God, relating to him, spending time with him. John 17, 3 says, This eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, that they may know you. God wants us to know him. And the word know here, it means to know him personally, intimately, on a really close level. Not just knowing that he exists, not just knowing of God because you heard about him one time and you know facts about him, maybe you know Bible verses. That's great, but not just knowing he exists. James says that even the demons know that and they shudder. But actually knowing him as your best friend 
enjoying his company and resting in his love for you. It's the difference between being somebody's spouse and, man, knowing them better than any other person or going on a blind date with someone. You've heard about them, maybe. You don't know them, though. Revelation 4.11 says, You're worthy, God, to receive glory and honor and power. You've created all things, and for your pleasure, they are and were created. We were created for God's pleasure. Come on. Maybe you've asked yourself, why am I here for God's pleasure? To love him because he first loved you? Jesus died so that we could enjoy a close relationship with God. One where we actually know him, not just know about him. So that we could relate to him through prayer, not just before meals or maybe a few minutes in the morning when you wake up or at bedtime, but so that we can know him throughout the day. So that we could talk to him when we wake up, when we drive to work, when we're in the office at our desk, when we're parenting our children, at dinner time, when we're having fun, sad times, hard times, easy times, all times. Adam and Eve, they walked with God, the Bible says, in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. And they were in paradise. It was perfect there. They didn't really have to ask him for anything, but they just walked with him knowing him. They're like, God, check out that animal. I love the way you made it. Look at that flower. That's amazing. Just knowing him and talking to him, sharing what they were excited about, loving him, telling him, wow, you're such a good father, and hearing him say, I love you too. Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's talking and it's listening. And sometimes that means sitting in silence, just enjoying each other's company. You know, when you're sitting with your spouse or a close friend and you, you don't have to talk, you have an understanding, you're enjoying one another's presence. Last week we talked about Paul and Silas, they were in prison, and the first thing they did, they prayed and they worshiped. Maybe you didn't know you could relate to God in that way. They prayed and they worshiped. And they weren't worshiping God to get something from him, to get their chains broken, but God, he broke their chains when he broke their chains, they stayed in the prison because they wanted his presence. It wasn't about getting free. And then, of course, God did lots of good things through that whole story last week. We talked about that. But so much of prayer is just relating to God, talking to him about the normal stuff in your day. Yes, he wants to hear about it. Enjoying your relationship with him and bringing him pleasure as you experience his love, his joy, and his peace. All those things are available in his presence. And the other part of prayer is just coming to God when we have needs, when we're hurting, or when we don't know what to do, or when anything in our lives just doesn't line up with his word. Jesus said in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Anyone want to do even greater works? Come on. Jesus said we would, so I believe him. Verse 13, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Anyone who believes in Jesus can ask for anything in the name of Jesus and he will do it to bring glory to God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Because his name is the name above every other name. Because at the cross, Jesus received all authority. God did the work of saving us in Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. 
And the work is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. Completely finished. And we respond now by believing. Acts 16.31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That word saved, man, that is a big pregnant word full of lots of good things. It's, it's called sozo. It means saved, also delivered, protected, healed, preserved, prospered, and made whole. All those things happened at the cross. And God did his part through Jesus. Our part is to simply believe. He saved us at the cross, and we respond by believing. He healed us at the cross. Past tense, he already healed us. We respond, we take hold of that promise by believing. He delivered us at the cross. We respond by believing. He prospered us at the cross. We respond by believing. He made us whole at the cross. We respond by believing. Come on. God did the work, and we respond now in faith by believing. It is always God's will to heal the sick, just like it's always God's will to save the lost. It's always his will to, that people would be saved. He says he wants all men to be saved. And the same way people are saved is the way they're made whole. It's God's will that all people be healed. And I know for some of you that messes with your theology. You're like, well, what about people who were born blind so God could get glory? Yeah, so Jesus could heal them. Jesus healed the blind man. In fact, Jesus healed every single person who came to him for healing. I know what you're thinking. So why doesn't everybody who wants healing get healed? We're going to look at that today, so hang tight. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds at the cross you have been healed. Past tense. Just like with salvation, we respond by believing. Colossians 2.6 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. How did we receive Jesus? We received him by believing. How do we walk in him? By believing. Not by earning anything, that's religion, but through faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So there's a temporary natural realm that we see in front of us. And there's an eternal spiritual realm that we don't see. A place of things unseen. And the same way that God commanded the visible what we see out of the invisible, our belief brings the spiritual realm to the natural. Faith is the bridge from the unseen to the seen. From what we know to be true by faith to what we see in front of us by sight. You are already healed, delivered, prospered, and made whole in the spiritual realm because of Jesus. Faith doesn't make it happen. Jesus already made it happen. But faith is how we access what has already been done. Come on. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have already received it, past tense, because you did at the cross, and it will be yours in the future, from the spiritual to the natural. 
So let's look at it. How do we pray? There's no magic formula. There's no five-step program. That would be religion. God's not interested in that, and neither are we. It's a relationship. Most of us have probably learned how to pray based on tradition. Maybe you've seen your family pray or what you've seen in movies. And today we're just going to look at the biblical way to pray. Uh, my family prayed once a year at Thanksgiving. So we didn't grow up knowing Jesus. And when our family would get together at Thanksgiving, I remember my dad would always say the blessing because that's what you do on Thanksgiving. And he would say something like, thank you, God, for this food. Thank you, God, for our family. Amen. Let's eat. And everyone would be like, thank God, that's over. Let's eat now. Let's get through the prayer so we can eat. Sometimes he would watch movies and he'd hear like clever lines in them. So he'd be like, oh, I heard a cool thing in a movie about how to pray. Here we go. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Like, dad. My dad was awesome. I love him. But that's how a lot of us learn how to pray, right? How do we pray? Well, we pray first. Last week, last week we talked about worshiping first. Paul and Silas were worshiping and praying in the prison Instead of complaining about their problems, instead of getting vengeance, instead of worrying, they prayed. The other day, my daughter came into her office, into my office, and she said, Mom, my chest hurts. Do you know the first thing I did? I Googled her symptoms. You thought I was going to say I prayed. What was the second thing I did? I prayed. It's so easy to rely on the things that we're used to doing. It's so easy to rely on our efforts and take things into our own hands. But when we do that, we are missing out on a better way. God has better for us. Come on. So I'm retraining my brain to pray first, and I hope you'll join me in that. Sometimes I remember to pray first, and sometimes I don't. And then I pray anyway. The times that I remember are growing. They're becoming more frequent. What do you do when someone tells you that they're sick? Do you empathize with them? You're like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Ew, tell me about all your symptoms. That's gross. That's terrible. Do you ask about their condition? Are you like, I'll pray for you later when you're not here because I don't want to pray in front of you. Why not pray first right then and there? Probably because it's not normal. But this life with Jesus is not normal. It's an adventure. It's an adventurously expectant life. Why don't we pray first right then and there? Maybe because we're like, ah, I don't know if God's going to answer the prayer right now, so I don't, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to make God look bad. Remember, it is his will that all men be saved and all men be healed. And you're in alignment with his word. It's his name at stake. Don't worry. God's got his own back. He's got it. Praying for someone is the very least that you and I can do. So how do we pray? We pray with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 says, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Practice being thankful. When you're thankful, when you're remembering all the good things God has done, when you're remembering who he is, that builds your faith. Faith comes by hearing, and you're like, Thank you, God, for this and that and who you are, and your faith starts to grow. Faith comes by hearing. When people made requests of Jesus, he said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. So we want to come to him full of faith, and we get that through thanksgiving. It's not being blind, blind thankfulness. It's not stuffing down your other feelings. It's not being thankful and ignoring your problems and lying about your problems. It's choosing to be thankful in the midst of your circumstances. Something else you might be wondering, how long should we pray? 
1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. So what does that mean? Does that mean we should never go to work anymore and just sit at home and pray all day? <laughs> no. This is what I was talking about earlier. Relating to God throughout your day. Acknowledging him in all the moments. In a constant community with him. It's like a phone call that you never hang up. You're just there together. Your relationship with God, it doesn't go on pause just when you go to different places or when you do different things. He's always there. And he's as close as you want him to be. Pray however is fitting for the moment that you're in. Jesus prayed short prayers. He prayed long prayers. He prayed for over an hour in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was asking his friends, why are you guys falling asleep? This is important prayer. He was praying and he was sweating blood. And then there were other times when he prayed three-word prayers. Mark 4.39, he says, peace, be still. There was a storm that the disciples were in. They're like, we're going to drown. Jesus is like, peace, be still. The storm stopped. Effective prayers. John 11.43, he says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus had been dead. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He was risen from the dead. Three words. Matthew 6, 7, Jesus says, When you pray, don't use vain repetitions like people who don't know God. They think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. You don't have to say the same mechanical things over and over again. You're probably bored, and God's probably a little bored listening too. Just talk to Him. And at the same time, it's good to keep praying until you see your answer manifest until you see it become obvious, until you see it tangible. Jesus did this with the blind man at Bethsaida. He prayed for his eyes once. He's like, how's that? Can you see? The guy's like, I see people walking around like trees. Jesus is like, okay, let's try again. How's that now? Yes, I can see. His eyesight was restored. Jesus prayed for it a couple times. We pray for things many times too. How do we pray? So we pray with thanksgiving. We can pray short or long prayers. We talk to God continually. How do we pray? We speak to our problems. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our tongue, our words have authority. We've been created in God's image. He spoke everything into existence. And when we speak, the natural world has to listen to what we say. I was reading a scientific study this week. They were saying, when you speak I'm tired, your, bar, your body starts getting ready for a nap. It literally starts shutting down. So, ew, I just said I'm tired. Now I want to replace it with, I'm excited. Your body releases endorphins, and it says, all right, we're excited. We're getting in alignment with what you said. Let's go. When you're speaking about your diagnosis, your pain, other people's opinions, the facts, you're speaking death. And I know we don't mean to do this, but that's what we do because our tongue is so powerful. Those may be the facts, but we speak to our problems by faith. We speak the truth of God's living and active word. And that's what changes things. Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, Jesus says, Has faith, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Jesus says, speak to God the mountain. Don't come to God and say, oh, this mountain is so big. Speak to the mountain. Don't complain about the mountain. Don't share the facts about the mountain. It's this many feet. 
Speak to the mountain. Direct your faith with your words. Philippians 2.9, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. We sang about that this morning. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Come on. At the name of Jesus, everything else bows. He's the name above every other name. So name your problem. Whatever it is, the name of Jesus is higher. So you say, pain bows at the name of Jesus. Your finances bow at the name of Jesus. Cancer bows. Alzheimer's bows. Infertility must bow. Depression bows. Anxiety, worry, they bow at the name of Jesus. He's the name above every other name. Come on. At his name, it has to bow. So back to my story with Sophie in my office. Once I remembered to pray for her, because I know that sickness is not my portion in Jesus, I said, pain, in the name of Jesus, leave. I spoke to her problem. And then I spoke to her body. I said, body, be restored. And I said, how do you feel, sweetie? She said, still hurts a little bit. I said, let's, play, let's pray again. Come on, Jesus did it. Let's pray again. Pain, in the name of Jesus, leave. How do you feel now? She said, I feel better, mom. Come on. I said, when you go back to class, it might start hurting again. Keep speaking to it and tell it to leave. And she was fine the rest of the day. I didn't do that. God did that. Give him the glory when he heals someone in your life. Yesterday morning, she came to me. She said, my stomach hurts. I'm starting to get better at this. So the first thing I did was pray. I said, stomach ache? Leave in Jesus' name. And she was like, that's so weird. I'm like, what, that I'm praying for your stomach? She's like, no, it doesn't hurt anymore. And that's awesome. Come on. So many times, yeah. It's so weird. So many times we turn to God for our big miracles and we're like, someone has cancer. We got to pray for them. That's the socially acceptable thing to do. It's good. Somebody's in the hospital. Let's pray for them. But we can pray for the little things. God cares about the little things. Remember, he celebrates the small start. In fact, the little things are the ones that build our faith. Now, if you're having a heart attack, you should go to the hospital and also pray. God works through modern medicine too. Do what's wise in the natural and pray for supernatural intervention. A few months ago, my son woke up. He couldn't breathe. He's like, <gasps> we got him in the car and we took him to the hospital and we prayed for him on the way. He had croup and they gave him a breathing treatment. God works through medicine too. The point is there are places in all of our lives where our first response is Google or our first response is, let's take action on this. Our first response is, we got this to do things ourselves, But let's change our first response to pray first. Pray first. Turn to God first. He wants to be with us throughout everything anyway. Talk to him about your problems. When you get sick, don't settle for your sickness. My kids and I were sick for three days last week, and I was praying over them every day because at the cross, we were healed and made whole. We are healthy, and the enemy was trying to rob us of what God already did because that's what he does. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Come on. Any place that your life is not to the full, any place that your life is not in abundance, 
you can speak to it, you can get into alignment with what God says about you. Any place that you're being stolen from, that's not from God, that's from the enemy. And Jesus' sin and sickness no longer have power over you. And as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Even if your flesh says you need healing, you feel sick, you don't feel well, your spirit knows by his stripes you are healed already. And you get to choose which one you listen to. We get to put our faith to work and release what God has already given us. So with all that being said, why aren't some of our prayers answered? Sometimes our experiences make it hard to operate in faith. Sometimes we want to believe, but we've experienced other things. Why don't we always see miracles happen? Why did we have someone in this church healed from breast cancer a few years ago? And why did my mom die from breast cancer a few years ago? Well, one of the things could be we're not asking according to God's word. For example, sometimes we ask for things that we just want that really aren't something that God's promised to us. Or sometimes we ask for things that aren't ours. This is a silly example, but you can't ask for someone else's spouse, okay? It doesn't line up with God's word. You can't ask for something God already gave you instructions to receive. Like you're like, God, will you bless my finances? And he's like, yes, I already told you to tithe. Return the first 10% of your income to me, and I will pour out so much blessing you can't store it. He's not going to violate his, his word and bless you without you tithing, without you doing what he's already told you to do. Another one, you can't ask him to make the devil leave you alone. God said, you resist the devil and he will flee. He already laid out instructions for us. There are some things he's not going to do because he already told us to do them. James 4.3 says, when you ask, another reason you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. He's not going to give you anything that's going to satisfy your desires at the expense of your life. He's a good father. He's not going to give you something that you're going to use to sabotage yourself. Or maybe you're not asking at all. You don't receive, you have not, because you ask not. Maybe you're not claiming what's rightfully yours in Jesus because you don't know. Ask according to his word. Another reason we don't see prayers answered right away is because the natural is catching up to the spiritual. The unseen is still coming through in the seen. In Mark 11, Jesus cursed a fig tree. Him and his disciples were out for a walk. The fig tree had leaves. When it has leaves, it's supposed to have fruit. He went over to it, no fruit. He said to the tree, verse 14, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And the, the disciples heard him say it. In the morning as they went along, this is the next day, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered, he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. The moment Jesus cursed the fig tree, it was dead. But it took time for the branches and the leaves to catch up to the roots. It took time for the disciples to see that it was actually dead. God answers your prayers the moment you ask, but it takes time for them to manifest because he abides by the laws that he created when he made the heavens and the earth. It's like gravity. Gravity is a good thing because it keeps us stuck to the earth, so we're not all floating about. If you're on top of a building and you jump off, you will get hurt because of gravity. Everything operates according to God's natural laws. So when Jesus cursed the fig tree, the tree was dead, but it took time for it to wither because that's what happens when a plant dies. 
Mark 16, 18, Jesus said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on. Who shall lay hands on the sick? We shall, yes. And they shall recover. But it doesn't give you a timeline for their recovery. Because of Jesus' finished work on the cross, we are healed. And when we pray, when we declare it, we are believing in that finished work of Jesus and we receive the healing but sometimes our body is catching up to what we believe. Just like our mind catches up to who we are in Jesus. You know, we hear that God says we're a masterpiece. His word says it. But if we don't believe it, we'll act accordingly. It doesn't make us any less of a masterpiece. His word says we are healed. If we don't believe it, we'll act accordingly. But that doesn't make us any less healed. Another reason that our answers to prayers are delayed is because of opposition from the enemy. Ephesians 6.12 says, We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, spiritual realm, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In the book of Daniel, we see two different times that Daniel prayed. Same guy, one chapter apart, with different results because he was facing opposition from the spiritual realm. With his first prayer, by that time he was done talking to God, it was already answered. Daniel 9.23 says, As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, you are highly esteemed. As soon as you began to pray, it was answered. And I've come with that answer minutes later. But another time he prayed, and it was three weeks before the answer came. The prayer was answered immediately, because God operates according to the laws that he established. The answer was delayed. Daniel 10, 12. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. The prince of the Persian kingdom there is just the enemy. God answered the moment that he prayed. He sent an angel with the answer, and his prayer was delayed because of opposition from the enemy. Don't blame God when your answer doesn't come. Think about how easy it is for us to blame him. How something isn't answered when we're a kid and then we blame God for years. But the enemy is the one to blame. Blame the devil, don't blame God. He's challenging your authority in Jesus. Remember, you're not fighting for victory. We're fighting to bring victory into our lives. We're fighting to bring the unseen into the scene. Come on. Daniel didn't have authority over the prince of Persia. He didn't have authority over the enemy. But we do because of Jesus. Luke 9.1 says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He gave them authority. He gives us the same authority when we've trusted in him. And when we have authority, we have authority to unleash his power. It's like a police officer. They have authority to pull you over by the power vested in them in the state. You have been given authority over the enemy because of Jesus. Use your authority. Come on. Don't feel like a failure if you don't see an answer at first. There could be other things happening that you can't see that are unseen. Keep believing. Keep asking. Keep praying. You know, you'll see more answers to prayer when you pray than when you don't pray. 
anything is possible for those who believe. Come on. And we are those who believe. And I know today's message was different, but this is the way of the Bible. This is what God says. Maybe you've never heard of speaking to your mountain. Maybe you've never heard of some of these concepts before, but it's just what God says. And when we listen to what he says and we walk in what he says, man, we get to experience the abundant life that he has for us. And I want to do things his way over our way any day. It's so much better. Come on. I hope that the next time you have a need or someone is sick, your first response will be to pray and trust God. Anything is possible for those who believe. And as we close today, I want to give you an opportunity to believe. God already did the work of salvation. That means he already made it possible for us to have a relationship with him through Jesus. Even though we don't measure up, we've made mistakes, we've fallen short, Jesus died for us. And he gives us the choice to believe it or not.